flourishing for his glory. So listen to these wonderful verses, uh, verses 1 through 5, uh, chapter uh, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives your iniquity, who your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. May the Lord bless this word to us as we as we consider uh, this teaching as an aid to our relationship with the Lord in general, but also tonight in particular uh, in our prayers. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones made this comment uh, that uh, most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself rather than talking to yourself. What does that mean? Well, this is one of the many times in the Psalms uh, where we are urged to address ourselves. The Holy Spirit uses gospel truth uh, in order to transform us into joyful and satisfied people. Verse 5. And even uh, when we speak to ourselves, you might say the first verse here, the first verses here say, Bless the Lord, O soul of mine. Bless the Lord, O soul of mine. The psalmist addressing his soul to uh, to praise uh, and bless the Lord. We are to speak to our hearts, to rouse ourselves using the word of truth in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to shake off our apathy and also to address our depression. We are to use God's word, think God's thought, eat thoughts even, speak, bless the Lord. O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Hearts are to be ignited by the ministry of the Spirit to adore God, to give him wholehearted worship, all in joy. God is worth our best. He is worth our highest emotion. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, in his book, Religious Affections, put it this way. Raise the affections as high as possible as long as you are using uh, truth uh, in order to ignite it. As long as that heat comes from light. So we're going to look at this psalm and we're going to end up at verse 5 with your hearts being satisfied in God. And there are five benefits or blessings that the Lord reminds us of to in order to address ourselves of these things uh, these blessings that come through Christ this is in the first part we want to look at this everything you need and more the benefits represent everything you need in life and even more 
First of all, uh, soul, uh, the Lord forgives you uh, your iniquity through Christ. Reminding our souls, the Lord forgives your iniquity uh, through Christ. Now, why would we, why would the psalmist say, declare it to your own soul? It is because we forget that. We often and easily forget it. We can be conscious of our sins. We can be conscious of our failures and walk around with what the book of Hebrews calls an evil conscience. That is a conscience that is burdened by our guilt, but that we just carry. We just walk with it. We don't do anything with it. On the other hand, we might ignore uh, our sins until they fade from memory. They don't disappear, but they fade from our active memory. And they go underground and they become the source of, of at times, fear or insecurities. But we are to look to the cross, to the atoning blood of Christ. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the psalm will go on to say, and we'll look at this in a couple of weeks, using, using um, the, the east and the west here, uh, uh, um, from, from a center point, imagine a ray uh, to, the, to the east and a ray to the west. Uh, they're not wrapping the globe, they're going straight into a fin- infinity. And they, they can never meet. And, and the Lord says that I forgive you as far as the east is, from the West. Now, we, we, we would say from, from uh, Psalm 51 that there's a catch. There's a catch to this. To know your sins that forgiven. And that is, first of all, you must confess them. That is the blessings of, of honest confession before the Lord. Wash me thoroughly from all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And slipping down to verses, verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than so. Let me hear joy and gladness. Uh, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. We enjoy, we experience that east and from west uh, understanding of the, of the forgiveness of Christ, uh, forgiveness of sins through Christ as we are honest in our confession. God loves He delights in humility and honesty. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. First first and foundational benefit that we have, addressing our greatest need, your sins, soul, your sins are forgiven. Your iniquity is forgiven. The second thing is, uh, soul, uh, God heals all your diseases in Christ. God heals your diseases in Christ. In Christ, um, good health, freedom from disease, uh, was one of the promises in the old covenant that, that was given to God's people when they were faithful. It was linked with the physical blessings of the land. You'll have the land. You'll also have your health. Now, in Christ, that is part of our future blessing when we will actually and literally. Uh, have that blessing uh, in the land which Abraham only hoped for. By his stripes we are healed and that will enable us to enjoy that disease-free life, eternity. Uh, Yes, we wait for redemption of our bodies, the healing of our diseases, when that will permanently occur. And we can bless the Lord for that promise. 
We bless the Lord uh, for that promise. We bless the Lord in advance. But I would also suggest that there are current um, diseases of the soul that we can bless God for now. And, and, and that is to understand um, that the Holy Spirit um, uses all things, including suffering, for our good. Just, just that thought. The Holy Spirit uses, can use all things, including our suffering, for our good. The short answer to this, of course, a response to this, is we are, we are enabled to uh, fellowship uh, in, in the sharing of Christ's suffering. And suffering opens a way for closer fellowship with Jesus. That's how, even as we wait the adoption of our bodies, we are able to bless God for the healing, the healing of our, of our uh, diseases even now. The third thing, then, is we say, soul, uh, God redeems your life from the pit in Christ. Uh, God redeems your life from the pit. First of all, the pit of death, no doubt. Jesus conquered sin for us. He died. We, we died in him. We were raised in him. We are reigning with him. Uh, we, we are already uh, spiritually uh, in in heaven itself. He has delivered us. He's delivered all who through fear of death are subject to lifelong slavery. Hebrews chapter 2. So when we say that God has redeemed us, uh, he has redeemed us from the pit. First of all, we mean that our lives will be raised literally as Christ was. But also from today's bondage. Also from today's bondage. Addictions of the body. We eat too much. Sometimes we drink too much. Addictions of the body, but addictions of the heart as well. The heart and the mind. We can be slavery to the base feelings that we often that often come over us. Anger, resentment, greed, lust. And we can try to get out of those out of those those out of that bondage. And we can almost picture ourselves sometimes with in, in a big, in a big slippery pit, and we're grabbing a hold with our fingers to try to pull ourselves out of that pit, and we find ourselves falling down to the ground again. But we look to Jesus. We remember, no matter how the how strong the bondage feels, we are in fact um, dead alive men in Jesus Christ. Bondage broken. Look to Him in faith. The fourth, the fourth benefit then that our soul says God crowns you with steadfast love and mercy through Christ. God crowns you. Um, regal language. Uh, kingship language here. He crowns you with his steadfast love, covenant faithfulness, and mercy. A heart of tenderness for those who are weak and really pitiful. That's what God offers to us. He, he crowns us with that permanent crown of sonship brought into the kingdom of God. What you lost in King Adam, you more than regain in King Jesus. For in King Jesus, in the steadfast love and the mercy of God, we have this fabulous and eternal garden. 
as part of the new city, it awaits for us as a gift of God's favor. And I think as we consider this steadfast love and mercy of God, The, the language here is so is so extreme uh, that crowns you with this steadfast love and mercy that it is more difficult for us to grasp. Let me put it, it, it is it is so difficult for us to grasp, and we can grasp it no more than we can grasp the distance to the to the farthest star. But this is yours, this is mine. We address our native suspicion of God's generosity when we say, no, soul of mine, and we speak to each other, soul of yours. God's steadfast love and his mercy is your crown, undeserving crown. It helps sometimes to think of a picture, and the picture of the prodigal son is the best way to do it, or one good way to do it, as he is being welcomed home and he is being given the best robe, which symbolizes, of course, the imputed righteousness, the robe of Christ's righteousness. He's given sandals, shoes for his feet, because slaves were, were barefoot, but sons had shoes. Given, of course, the meal, given the ring that represents the family's dignity and honor, and, and then not saying it there, but here, the crown. The crown, and we rule with him in steadfast love and mercy as God's blessing to us. As with all of these, as with all of these benefits, we do not feel them. We don't feel them much of the time. And that's why we have to remind ourselves, you are crowned with steadfast love and mercy, even when you blow it in, in amazing ways. And we want to condemn ourselves. We remember the benefits. Finally, soul, soul, God is satisfying you with good. He's satisfying you with good. Also, as part of the Old Testament blessings, did you know that a full belly was part of the Old Covenant promise? God will give you a full belly. Did you know that? That was one of the blessings that was linked to the land. You'll have great harvest and you'll have a, you'll have a full belly. And uh, we can think, well, we can we can relate to that. We like to sit down and sometimes even overeat, um, and uh, and we can and we are called to say thank you for your thank you for this daily bread that you give to us. But but this must go deeper than the old covenant blessings of a full belly. Um, God satisfies your soul's desires. And and what do you make of this of this promise? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, what are your desires? For the Lord. And that's what he grants us as we enjoy and take this true bread from heaven. uh, Jesus himself giving us that buoyant heart of peace, peace of conscience and joy in him. So that, so that, it goes on to say, um, your uh, your youth is renewed uh, like the eagle's. Um, how, how many times have you been involved in a situation which you felt just un, unable to accomplish, incapable of, of whatever this task was? And as you pray, 
How many times have you experienced God giving you not only strength, but peace to be able to accomplish that in a way that you look back and you say, God was here. God did that. And that is the promise in Psalm 103, verse 5, uh, to satisfy you with good so that your strength is renewed like the eagle, Isaiah 40. But it reminds us also of Habakkuk. Remember, the righteous will live by faith. Remember that? The righteous will live by faith. We'll be looking this Sunday morning at in wrath, God remembers mercy. God remembers mercy. And then, and then even in trouble, uh, rejoice uh, and be joyful in God, my Savior. But listen to how it ends in, verse, in verses 18 and 19 of chapter 3. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He makes me tread on high places. In Christ, you can do oftentimes more than you think. And you can do, as you look unto him and relax a little bit, you can do some amazing things by his power. You can do things that you think you can't. Well, God gives us then, through Christ, in these benefits, everything we need and more. And yet I want to look at them very briefly once again and answer and resolve looking at it this way. Let us, let us practice celebrating God's goodness and let his generous heart encourage prayer. Practice, um, celebrate God's goodness and let his generous heart encourage your prayer. Tonight, as we, some of us will lead us in prayer, of course, but tomorrow morning as well, consider God's, celebrate his goodness. Um, he quiets our suspicions. This psalm quiets our suspicions as if God is holding something back from us. Well, very briefly then, he forgives. He forgives because he wants to have a relationship with you. This isn't vague. This isn't detached from your experience. He forgives precisely because he wants you in his family. He is eager to forgive as he brings you into a relationship as son. It's easy to think that God's forgiveness is like ours, where it is short-lived. And then we remember what this person did after all. And then we get all worked up again. And we sometimes think that's how God works, but he doesn't. His forgiveness is pure and deep and thorough because he wants a relationship with you. Remember that when you're stuck and can't pray. Remember that. Second thing is he uses even diseases for his glory. And your diseases and troubles are an opportunity to go deeper with Jesus. And this is how I do it. Lord, it feels really bad what's going on right now. But Jesus, I know that you went through far worse and you are with me here and you are giving me an opportunity to suffer for your name. <laughs> and he blesses. He uses even diseases for his glory. He redeems you in Christ so you are liberated. Remember, we are... We are we are loading our guns here with ammunition to be able to pray with joy and thankfulness. He uh, redeems you in Christ. You are liberated in Christ. 
substantially now, fully later, and you can delight in your freedom right now. Delight in your freedom. Crown of, you have the crown of his favor. And this, as I said, quiets the suspicion. And God desires. You wonder if he wants, if he wants us here praying tonight? You wonder if he's interested in what his children have to say? I, I want to read just two verses from um, one of our favorite hymns, is it not? A John Newton hymn, number 628. Uh, Come, my soul, thy suit or thy argument uh, prepare. Just verses one and two. Come, my soul, thy suit prepare. Jesus loves to answer prayer. He himself has bid thee pray. Therefore, will he not say thee nay? Therefore, will he not say thee nay? Second verse. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such none can ever ask too much. None can ever ask too much. And he satisfies you with good. God has a generous heart. He's given us all of these benefits. And and it concludes here with a heart that is satisfied. And, and, and could we put it this way? That God wants you to be as satisfied as he is. Can you think of God as satisfied? Um, he is never frustrated. He is never taken by surprise. He never is there in having sort of clutching, clutching his head and saying, oh, I just don't know what to do. I'm just confused. He's never like that. He's always satisfied. And, and that can change our sour and dour attitudes. We know what sour is. Dour is sullen. So we're kind of a sad or our sullen attitudes. God says, no, I want you to be as satisfied as I am. And so we pray. And the Heavenly Father, His promise now, the Heavenly Father loves to give the Holy Spirit to His children who ask. May these benefits lift our hearts as we pray uh, to the Lord tonight and tomorrow. Let's, uh, let's sing uh, number 263. Jesus Christ is risen today. This is Christ is risen today. This is Christ.